0: Hello and welcome to Beyond Bechtel, the podcast about film and feminism. Very funny, bitch. You must always have
1: faith in yourself, Self.
0: I'm Contrera and it's lovely to have you with me. This week's episode is about what I like to call the big three. But first, a quick quiz. There's a film that did much, much better internationally than it did in America and it ended up being, internationally speaking, the second highest grossing movie of 2017 and it barely passes the Bechdel test. What is that movie? I'll tell you at the end. Back to the big three. The three highest-grossing movies in America in 2017, although still hotly debated as to their position, I'm going to use Collider's figures, Collider.com, and their figures are: number one, The Last Jedi, number two, Beauty and the Beast. Number three, Wonder Woman. Now, there might be some debate about that order of the list and whether we want to consider international sales because America is not the only market. But for the purposes of this podcast and for some long-awaited good news, I want to focus on these three films. I'm joined by my sometimes co-host Nick to discuss whether this is the good news that we really think it is, and what this says about the changing nature of women on film. and What is the most important fact about these three films?
1: They all have women as central characters, either a main character or a central character.
0: So this definitely feels like very good news.
1: Yes, I would suggest so. Uh, we'd probably have to have a look at the nature of those films and decide whether or not they serve the kind of purpose that we'd hope they would.
0: All right, let's go in order then. The, fir- the highest grossing film is Beauty and the Beast.
1: Yeah. Um, so what do we think about that? It, it's probably... I mean, it's a good female character. It's a relatively strong female character. She does have, what, the most screen time. Did we check... Does it pass the back down that
0: um She talks to the dresser character. Yes. So Belle, yeah. yes. played by Emma Watson, talks to the dresser character about clothes. Yeah. So I would think that that... Um, passes she also has conversations with the girls in the village at the start of the film but they're mostly about gaston so that would be a fail um a lot of people say oh why are you reading a book so that would be if a woman says that and then she answers then that's a pass and she probably speaks to mrs potts on occasion but again that's probably either about the beast or her son
1: or dinner, if, or dinner.
0: No, dinner, dinner doesn't have a gender. So if she's talking about dinner, then it passes. Yeah. I think that what we can glean from this is that it's not a natural, easy pass, even mm. though it's a film helmed by a woman with other female characters in it. But before we start casting aspersions, I think that it's important to know that this is a, a remake, a live-action remake of an old Disney film when perhaps things weren't quite so enlightened. It was the nineties,
1: early nineties, wasn't it? I'm, I'm going to say 1991 uh, for the, and it's not well, it, it, yeah, absolutely a remake and same songs and everything else, but not a not a word for word remake though. I don't think. I mean, no, no, it's
0: quite close, and Belle is already a heroine who is slightly different to yeah. other Disney princesses yeah. in the sense that she revels in the fact that. She doesn't want to marry someone just because everybody else is. And she wants to read and she wants to travel and she wants to see the world. So a more
1: enlightened uh, female character, one would think. Which is pretty good for what was originally a Disney film, actually.
0: And is ultimately about the redeeming power of love. Mm. I think that the nature of Beauty and the Beast doesn't lend itself to passing the Bechdel test because it is about a woman and a man falling in love. If the directors were to shoehorn any other plot details in, that would probably have caused it not to have been the
1: um,
0: highest grossing film. It already has an additional song that The Beast sings, which was specially written for the film. Um, So they did make changes. Um, And there's also this suggested gay relationship or, or gay... Unrequited love—that oh, yeah, um, Gaston's right-hand man—I can't remember his no, name. No, I can't
1: recall his name. That was definitely there, though. I mean, we, we, yeah. we, we when we were watching it, we both felt that. We felt yeah. that we felt the sexual tension between, <laughs> between those two. Yeah. Um, is, would you—is she a strong female character? How do we even define that?
0: She, she is. She goes her own way. She isn't pressured by the rest of her village into. Yeah behaving in the same way as everyone else she doesn't really care for makeup and dressing up yeah she also pushes her dad out of the prison cell where the beast has kept him and um makes it so that she takes his punishment which is quite a brave thing to do and is slightly different to the original animated movie yeah so you could say that that's a bit more Feminist. Yeah,
1: yeah, and I think the very—I mean, I think the very fact that she rejects the norms of uh, the village that she's in and, and has the audacity to learn how to read and other <laughs> things that Disney, in its wisdom, has deemed that women shouldn't do—or at least the original fairy tale—that, um, yeah, that that in of itself is is a, a fairly sort of um, progressive concept. Come. Come. The blue bird that flies over the dark wood.
0: That was amazing!
1: What on earth are you doing? Teaching another girl to read isn't one enough? We have to do something. And, yeah, and I think you do have to bear in mind that it is ultimately a fairy tale story, so this probably isn't the original source material to look for for this kind of thing.
0: No, but also, she's not that interested when she's all dressed up in finery, um, that bit when the dresser tries to, because that's a new character that they've added in by yeah. Audrey Um and I think it's a good character. So that's another female character that they've added in. So that's already a good thing. But I also think that um, uh, when Belle is trying on all that clothes, she's not interested, that they kind of make it this whole kind of French pompadour court thing. Yeah. Which I actually have to say, I really enjoyed that first scene. It's nothing to do with the Begdell test, but I just thought it was beautiful with all the dancers all dressed in white. If you remember in Just the Prince? Oh, at yes. At the very yes, beginning. yes. But um, that has nothing to do with this. Um, That's just something I liked. I I think the ending was still quite traditional, but it it couldn't be any other way. It's a bit like Cinderella, Beauty and the Beast. And the whole point is she has to love him and he has to love her back. And then that breaks the curse.
1: Yeah, and I don't think that kind of traditional ending necessarily... Lessens uh, the film in any great way, or lessens yeah. her character in any great great way. So we probably have to give it a you know give it a fair crack at the whip there, and say that that's not that doesn't make it a bad film, or make it a film with weak female characters. The the, the overarching concept of of um, a man and a woman falling in love is still fundamentally old-fashioned, but then again, it is still based on on a fairy tale to start with.
0: Yeah, you couldn't deviate from the source material too much. I feel like they've tried to in places in a, in a beneficial to women yeah. fashion. So that's good. And I also think that there should be nothing anti-feminist about a man and a woman falling in love and living happily no, ever no, after. absolutely agree. Yeah. Except there was no show of that. These films always do end at the point where they... Kiss, fall in love, get married—some kind of denomination of time that doesn't show proper relationships.
1: Yeah, well, that's that's. I mean, that, that's just a, a facet of uh, fairy tale genre, isn't it? I mean, you get the same thing when you get to rom coms. You, you you know, it's all a build up to it, and then they fall in love. But it's not going to show the argument that they have over where the spoons should be kept. And well, so or on. more,
0: you'll give up your job and just have my princely children. Mm. Um, I also think there's some funny bits where, you know, she's m- massively in love with the library and things like that, <laughs> which I think are quite good. It, um, I think it sends out a really positive message about learning and education being something that a girl wants.
1: Yeah, wasn't there some comment made in the village that, I can't remember what it was, but I'm sure there was a comment made that girls were generally illiterate in the village, actually. I'm sure that was...
0: Well, why did they need to yeah. read? There are those three girls who are all, fi- all vying for Gaston's attention, and then they just want to make themselves look pretty. So you could say that that's a commentary. And they were ugly
1: too, those girls. I'm telling you, they were caking that makeup on it was like with a trowel. That was pretty grim.
0: So you think there's something to be said for a message of don't wear too much makeup? Because well, I'm all for that in films. Yes,
1: <laughs> I, I'd, I'd have to say, or at least don't cake it on and, and make yourself look like the Joker in a dress. But
0: yeah. I think yeah, there should be more films where that's highlighted. Mm. Um, that's what I
1: got out of it as a main plot <laughs> point. And...
0: I I think that a Disney movie that's number one box office worldwide. This is probably the best we could hope for at this stage. Yeah, I like to think that there are even more dynamic heroines. In Disney and Pixar now especially like Moana and well
1: it's an interesting point isn't it because Disney has this this animated history of uh, the the so-called Disney princess that you see time and time again um, you know going back to Cinderella and Sleeping Beauty and now of course they're on this this path of uh, doing live-action versions of all these films Um, it's interesting to see where they're going to go with all this I suppose um, I
0: preferred this, Beauty and the Beast, to Cinderella. So that's only two years ago. Yeah. And Cinderella is, you know, the clue's in the name again, that, like, it has to be that kind of story. But I still, I felt like Kenneth Branagh, who directed Cinderella, didn't get quite as feminist mm-hmm. as um, the guy who did this, who's, who's the guy behind, is it not the guy behind Harry Potter? One of, um, da- Is it David Yates? I want to say it's David Yates, but I don't know off the top mm. of my head. Um so I think that if that's the way they're moving, I presume they're gonna do a live action Little Mermaid at some point. And I that's would have gonna thought, be yeah. yeah. That's gonna be really interesting to see because that's basically about a sea creature that falls in love with a man and wants to, you know, give up being a sea creature for love. I'm not entirely sure how feminist that is as a movie plot, much as I love the songs. Well, well, I think it's the best Disney film. Well,
1: yeah, I mean, I I think you're right. Like the central plot of that is essentially a, Girl giving up a certain thing just for a man, um, which may not be the best uh, feminist message that you want to receive. But then there are loads of other Disney films that you know you could do Aladdin, you could do Pocahontas. There's there's quite a few that you could get through. Oh, I bet
0: they're going to do all of them because look how much money they make. Yeah, I know. The Jungle Book remake was huge. The Lion King's coming. Um, yeah, this is this is a winner for Disney. But the problem is, is that Disney is going to use the films that are 10 to 20 years old because they're the ones that are kind of in line for a remake and they are possibly the ones that aren't serving female characters as well. Yeah. Although I always think that when it comes to the animal kingdom and you have animals falling in love, you have a lot more equality because it's about animals and it isn't about humans it's almost as if we don't always reflect the patriarchal society on the animal kingdom yeah
1: it also looks cuter as well i mean i don't know whether it's just the way disney animate animals but they just look cuter when they're you know you've got a man and a boy man and a boy no A boy and a girl. No, we're,
0: we're looking for a boy and a girl. Well, we can we're going for a man and a That's boy. That's real.
1: That would be a real. Kind it's not of... going to
0: help me getting more female characters. No, but it would
1: break a few other boundaries if they had a man and a boy. <laughs> yeah, I'd possibly a few of them a bit taboo, actually.
0: Yes. Well, yeah, we can we can hope for the gay Disney movie. But yeah. I'm willing to say at this juncture, I'd rather just have more female characters if I have to choose one, and then we can have lesbian female characters there's a film there's a disney film where there's lesbian parents in it and i can't remember which one it is i'm not sure it's one that i've seen on pixar it could be
1: a lesbian pixar film
0: no the there are parents of a child and the parents are gay and it's never mentioned but they're two women really yeah
1: there's a new there's a new film
0: No, no no a couple of years ago wow yeah so it's happening I suffer from short-term memory loss. Yes! That's exactly what you say. (laughs) Okay, okay. We'll pretend to be the other kids now. (sighs) Hi, Dory! Ahoy there! (laughs) Do you want to play hide-and-seek? Okay. (laughs) We'll hide, and you count and come find us. Okay, Daddy. No, no, (laughs) not Daddy. I'm the nice fish who wants to be your friend, okay? Okay, Daddy. No. I'm hiding! Now count to ten. One, two, three, four. Um, I like sand. Sand is squishy. Next is Wonder Woman, which definitely passes the Bechdel test, but probably not quite as much as you think it might.
1: As in there just weren't that many conversations?
0: Well, I think that... When you're, so the first part of the film where she's on the island and everybody is female is my dream because. (laughs) My dream, too. (laughs) A different kind of dream. Yeah. Um, Yours is the uh, Steve, the Steve Trevor Mm. uh, dream. Um, Because all of the conversations are about fighting, protection, um, looking after the one child which is Diana, and everything to do with life where men aren't part of the equation. Yeah. And I think that it's really refreshing to have that on screen in a non-Margaret Atwood, Doris Lessing, we hate men
1: yeah. version.
0: Yeah. It's actually about, well, this is just the way it is rather than yeah. man-hating.
1: Yes. Um, nothing, nothing really wrong with that. It's just the creation of a kind of almost like a pseudo Greek society, but we just were just with women um, when they're all fighters and so on and so forth. Okay. That's fine. Uh, but then we move into the the bit where she goes into, um, well, like the first world war, isn't it really? Yeah. Um, and then you get that classic Hollywood plot device of let's drop someone from a wholly alien environment into the modern world or the modern world yes. as it was 1914 or 1918. And, uh, she, she interacts with that world and wackiness ensues um, I, I, I don't know whether that means anything or not in terms of like her character the strength of her character I, I'm not convinced it, it matters either way frankly
0: I'd like to go earlier than that and look at when Steve Trevor wanders into that world because there's some okay. quite funny jokes at his expense which made me laugh which would normally have been made in the other way and are kind of made in the other way there's a nice juxtaposition between him as the one man in a group of women and Diana in the war offices yeah. wherever it is in whitehall and i yeah, think actually, you know yeah. there's point. a there's a very funny joke about you know his cock when when she when he's in jacuzzi but she's not really talking about that she's talking about something else so I think that this is when we talk about you know having a female director and how she was able to make those jokes Mm -hmm. in a way that to me wasn't as offensive as if it was made by a group of men towards women now I'm not sure if that's not my bias (laughs) Because it's different or because there's a kind of reverse, like, um, kind of a reverse. What I mean is, (laughs) um, when when women, when groups of women make fun of men, society treats it more kindly than when groups of men make fun of women. Yes. And I don't know whether I'm showing my bias by saying that I found that quite funny and not offensive. Well, it's a funny. Did you find it? No, no, no.
1: But then I'm a member of, of society and 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 recognise that that's a, a perceived norm, and there's no there's no malice intended in any of this. But I do take your point. If you inverse, if you invert the genders on that scene, it suddenly looks a lot more sinister. Um, it, we're just at this point where in in our Evolution, where we can do that, and both genders seem to be okay with it. Although I dare say there'd be one or two guys probably would complain, but I don't think most of them would. Um, the curious, the curious thing then, of course, is the inverse scene—the one that you were just um, alluding to, the one in the, the uh, cabinet office or wherever it was, uh, where she walks in and, and they're all horrified that uh, a woman would uh, would enter this this sanctum of men. Um, how do you feel about that?
0: It was quite jarring, because I think it was quite clever in the way that actually it was portrayed a lot more aggressively than what I thought Steve's experiences on the female planet, whatever it was, country, island, were. To me personally, I found that quite truthful in its depiction, but also I felt quite threatened. That's how I would expect women to be Treated in those times and perhaps in these times, mm. it was quite. Why would a woman be here? I yeah. don't think. I think it's really good to make the the correspondence with with the earlier things because I don't think anyone was saying. Now I might have like taken this out of my brain. I don't know, but I don't think anyone was saying to Steve, "You shouldn't be here because you're a man." I think they were saying, "You shouldn't be here because why is anybody here? You've come from a different time." They weren't really yeah. saying that. Well, it,
1: well, I mean, if anything. The way he was treated, uh, well, in a lap of luxury on that island. Although, whether they really wanted him there is another matter, and whether whether they were excluding him from higher conversations, you don't really know, but you suspect, I suppose. And there was a
0: whole tribe and a whole place where everybody was virtually the same within reason you can yeah. see some hierarchy in education and royalty and who's running things or who's the leader of the army but really very much you could see women working together and in the cabinet scene you very much could see men working together but they were completely flummoxed by a woman just walking in which in some ways is quite insulting to men i find that the longer i watch films and see the differences between how men and women are treated that it's insulting to men as much as it is to women hmm. because it suggests that a woman has so much power that she can upset the whole very balance <laughs> of anything just by being pretty and walking in a room.
1: I suppose really then one has to question uh, the decision to have her arrive in World War I when um, you know, just male-dominated sexism was was the norm. And then when you stick, stick this scantily clad girl into this world, it's, um, it's going to get a reaction no matter what. Um, I, I mean, as a guy, I, I, difficult for me to identify with that exactly, because ultimately that, that was 100 years ago we're talking. So.
0: so. But did you see it and think it wouldn't be like this now? Did you, were you, did you find it jarring? I
1: would like to think that we were slightly more advanced than that now. I mean, I I don't know of any situations where a woman walks into a room and everyone sort of freaks out, unless it's a male locker changing room. Yeah. <laughs>
0: um, but I think we both agree that it, it that was quite a real representation of yeah. what it would especially in terms of British politics at that time. Not really. Admitting women they hadn't actually had the vote for that long,
1: mm.
0: let alone have a position of power. So I think it was really good that it was represented in the story, but in a way that everyone thought smugly, oh, we're not like that now. Mm. Oh, this is historical.
1: Well, of course, as well, the overarching concept is that Ares is the one that brings all this evil to the world through the hearts of men, and women aren't in any position of power in the First World War. Uh, so maybe the argument would be that if you did bring it into the modern day, it wouldn't be as effective because the whole the, the whole premise of the film is that is is the men versus women idea, and that Ares is the corrupter, and that women are there to stop him in some respects.
0: Well, it's funny that you say that because yeah, that probably is what it is. But as a woman, when you say men, I take that as humans. I, I think you're I right. Think I think in the I think in the film they mean. Men, because they're the only ones who are fighting on the front line. They're the only ones who are devising the war plans, and the world is generally run mm. by men. Yeah. But it's funny you should say that because every time in the film that he says "oh, the world of men," I just think he means humans because Diana is a god.
1: Well, it's like it's a bit like in um, Lord of the Rings that the phrase "world of men" actually just refers to the world of humans, and it's yeah. the same when you say something like "mankind." You're really referring to both. But it, yeah, you're right. In that specific yeah. film, there was a t- distinction drawn. Uh, and men are perceived to be the corruptibles, aren't they? Um, yeah,
0: you've made a really good distinction as well, which is the language that we use. We use <laughs> phrases such as mankind, and you can argue that that doesn't automatically include women in terms of the linguistics.
1: Yeah, the linguistics. Like, obviously, no. it
0: means women as well, but we, yeah. don't, we, haven't, you know, we don't say humankind, which well, is what we should say. Well, I... You can't I, say woman. If you said womankind... People, men would be thinking, "Well, you don't mean men, wouldn't, wouldn't they?" But yeah. mankind includes women. This that is... that
1: might be just a case yeah. of um, evolution over a period of time, yeah. and in you know twenty years time, ten years time, maybe even next year, we we drop mankind for humankind.
0: I'm happy to start that right here, right now, humankind. Yeah. Okay, so um, yeah, she's getting into the war rooms. She's met whatever his name is, who who it ends can up I, being Can I ask a question of yes. you, of,
1: of you, and your and your particular opinion on yeah. this? Yeah. So it has been commented on by a few people that this film did so well because when she turns into Wonder Woman, it's. A little bit revealing, not massively, but it's you know it's, it does show off a little bit of leg, shall we say?
0: It's the classic comic book yeah. Wonder Woman yeah. costume. So there's the
1: point. It, it is, make it, no bones it. Yeah. About so it, it. is. A, it is the original DC image of, of Wonder Woman. How do you feel about that?
0: I weirdly don't have a problem with it. I I don't know to what extent that is about the fact that I just about remember the old. Mm. wonder woman yeah. and that was the costume yeah with her special lasso skills and her in fact in fact i don't know whether that's about gal gadot and whether um gal gadot and she wears it differently but i think linda carter's costume was even more revealing
1: i think it was yeah But
0: even though it's very similar leotard Um, i think that this is i'm, I'm glad you brought this up because this is a really important debate in feminism at the moment which is how women portray themselves and how they dress and what you said earlier about makeup how that affects other people's men and women's opinion of them yeah so there's more than one school of thought on this and i can't claim to say that there's a straight truthful answer which is possibly the most important lesson that i can impart to anyone who's interested in feminism which is that there's no one right way um I don't personally have a problem with that costume because I think the way it is put in the film is that she only wears it as and when it's pertinent to the plot. She has come from an island and a planet, a world, a lifetime where what she wears is not judged. It's the same as everybody else. Although, let's just say quickly, everybody else is like a model which is the this is the thing that I'm more annoyed about, which is that <laughs> athleticism, yes, but I still felt like a lot of the people, there are known models, like Deutz and Croce is in it, who's like a very famous, beautiful model yeah. who has a role. So um, I think there's an issue there about the ideal perfect female body. But in terms of the costume, uh, she. it would make sense that she's used to wearing that and she yeah. doesn't know. She goes into the world of men and she doesn't know that she's being judged on her sexuality because sexuality or, I don't know, heterosexuality isn't a thing she's encountered in her life ever. Mm. And I think that it's important to say that is probably how she would behave. And I also think that everything I've heard about Justice League, which is a different director, I think, Sack Schneider, she's wearing the same costume, it's the same actress, it's the same character, yeah. and there's a lot more upskirt and shots from behind. Okay. So it is about the male gaze and the female yeah, gaze. Yeah, in-
1: interesting point. And that's
0: what I think is so important about having the female director We need to go see Justice
1: League, don't we? And- just to sort of assess this point.
0: Well, you've just said that after I've said, oh, she might be a bit more Hey, lazy. that was that
1: was independent. I was, She's just uh, always I'm bringing
0: be- this podcast down. I'm
1: being objective. <laughs> uh, of course, I mean, just as a draw, draw a comparison here, um, if we look at um, the X-Men franchise, um, Storm, I believe, in the original Marvel um, comic book version, is a little bit scantily clad. She's certainly t- wearing a skirt, and uh, when Halle Berry plays her, it's straightforward sort of X-Men costume with a cloak. Uh, so the argument is the argument on, on whether or not you need that kind of dress, I think, is is you can get away with either. You can just redefine the dress slightly if you want to.
0: Well, and you have Mystique as well. Mm. And Mystique is basically a bodysuit and you had that with mm. um who was it? Natasha Hillestridge. Who was the original Mystique? I think
1: that was the original, yeah, original and the, Sorry,
0: original as in in our lifetime. Um, mm. And then obviously Jennifer Lawrence. And they're both a certain kind of very pretty person. But anyway, sorry, going off film now. So I personally did not have a problem with how she was dressed. Mm. I didn't think it was too sexy. And I think that's because of the female gaze. And I think that's something that film watchers and filmmakers should really pay attention to, which is that it's, how ha- it's because this is all about the director and the editor. Yeah. This is not about the acting. This is not about the costumers. This is about how you portray that person and yeah. what they do you know, and another one you can compare it to, Black Widow. There was a big um, Ferrari a couple of years ago when I think it might be the first Avengers film came out and the poster came out and then there was lots of piss taking because all of the male characters, which is obviously everybody except Black Widow, who's a superhero, were all like in macho poses doing something, you know, Thor with this hammer, Hulk going, and Black Widow was all like posing like she's a page three model. And I think that <laughs> But it's things like that, where yeah. I think that yeah. male poster designers, male directors, male editors, male cinematographers, have a built, heterosexual especially, have a, have a built-in thing that they can't see that they're sexualizing women. Mm. And they're not doing it to the male characters. I don't really think that in Wonder Woman, Steve is sexualized that much, except at the very beginning, when he's in the jacuzzi and he has this top off,
1: yeah, yeah, and
0: I think that no feminist wants to never see any attractive men with their clothes off, and I don't think they necessarily want to not see attractive women either. They just don't want there to be this unrealistic portrayal,
1: or shall we say uh, a a a tilted a tilted view uh, one way or the other. So um, yeah. She, she does spend a lot of time running. I, I noticed in that film. I, I think there's, there's, there, there are minutes upon minutes of, of her running, either to something from something, and it, I don't know what, what to make of that.
0: Well, I didn't really find it like sexualizing her in any way. I think it was probably going towards her action orientation.
1: Mm, yeah, maybe, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I, I whenever I see scenes that seem to repeat themselves in movies, where, or there's a lot of the same scene. I do question, you know, you've had quite a lot of running going on here. It, it, unless the superhero specialises in running, I'm, I'm not quite sure why we're seeing it so much.
0: Well, I have to say, I didn't notice it in the way you obviously have.
1: I should probably watch it again and time the running, shouldn't
0: I? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not saying that it, it, that it isn't true. I'm just saying it obviously meant something to you. Do you not think male superheroes do as much
1: running i think i think that yeah, n- not as much i mean i, I only point it out because i seem to notice it um and it seems a bit seemed a bit irregular to me i, d- I don't recall you know iron man doing that much running or spider-man he fly, much running. He flies
0: around.
1: yeah so his thing spider-man
0: uses his webs yeah, and, and, uh, if, and uh, spider-man does an awful lot of web-slinging yeah but hang
1: on iron man's thing is flying around spider-man's thing is web-slinging I don't think Wonder Woman's thing is running.
0: What do you think Wonder Woman's thing is? Throwing her
1: shield and, and crossing her arms and defending bullets. That that's that's yeah, what she does really well.
0: You've gotta run somewhere. You've got to get to the place, haven't you? And to be fair, she's running <laughs> the the main scene I expect you're talking about is where she's running through no man's land. You wouldn't really hang about, would you? Yeah, but she also
1: runs at um, Ares at the end and run it, it's all
0: Okay, so the final battle, yes. Yeah, there could have been yeah, that's interesting there could have been more battle moves well it's, moves. yeah it's
1: a it's a funny thing i mean usually when you create superheroes you 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 effectively look at what their skills are and then and then you hone the the combat design to fit their skills uh I, again i think he, using the concept of the shields i mean she's not wholly dissimilar to captain America she's like a dc female version of captain America yeah um i don't except recall, she's a god i except she's a god apparently i don't remember Linda Carter ever being a god. But anyway.
0: Well, I don't think they really focused on her
1: back. Uh, just hadn't really thought about it. Hadn't they? But definitely um, in
0: the original.
1: She had an invisible novel. plane. She had an invisible plane, I do remember that's that.
0: That's cool. Um,
1: although you could always see her, so it wasn't really invisible. It was a bit stupid. Like
0: this? Yes, just like driving the plane? Yeah,
1: basically. It was just a body in the sky okay. floating. Um, <laughs> that's, not,
0: that's not a great But I don't recall,
1: plane. I mean, going back to the point, I don't recall, uh, you know, in the Avengers or any really, of the Captain America movies, um, seeing Chris Evans kind of just running that much but you do see a lot of combat because that's what he does
0: hmm, good point I, d- I would have to go back and watch the Captain America movies it certainly doesn't come out I, I
1: mean I, yeah, I
0: just think it's I think that's a I think we need to be careful to make sure that that, that could be something about the way Patty Jenkins made yeah, the film. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and it's nothing yeah, about yeah gender. I mean,
1: I, I should say I'm not passing judgment on that. I, I, it's just it was just one thing was in my mind that um, yeah. when I watched it. We're allowed to and, not like and, it. No, and no, no, not necessarily. I didn't like it. It, it just it occurred to me. Hmm, I wonder why. I wonder why it was shot that particular way. And that could be for a variety of reasons that we haven't really hit upon. But that's you know, just an interesting point. I thought.
0: He's been gone for weeks, not a single word. Very unlike him. I'm introducing myself. It's Etta Candy. I'm Steve Travers' secretary. What is a secretary? Ooh. Well, I do everything. I go where he tells me to go, and I do what he tells me to do. Oh, well, where I'm from, that's called slavery. I really like her. Fantastic. Oh, Ladies, have you? I do.
1: I like her.
0: And it does rather feel like that, except the pay's rather good. We've got our work cut out for us, haven't we? Is this what passes for armor in your country? Oh, uh, well, armor. It's fashion. Keeps our tummies in. Why must you keep them
1: in? Only a woman with no tummy would ask that question.
0: Do you think, okay, so again, as a male viewer, Mm -hmm. how do you rank Wonder Woman against other superhero movies? Of recent theme. years. I'm talking about...
1: No, any, as a any, film. Any,
0: as a film. As a film. It's the second highest grossing film in 2017. Um,
1: I, to be honest with you, I would place it below quite a lot of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, if I'm honest. Um, and quite a lot of the um, X-Men franchise as well. I just don't think it was that great a film.
0: But you would put it above... Suicide Squad. Oh yes, definitely. Batman versus Superman.
1: Um, look, I mean, I, would you say it's I've the got, best
0: modern I, DC movie? I've got movie?
1: home movies shot on my iPhone that are better than Batman versus Superman. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and as far as yeah, I, I would suggest it's probably the best DC film, excluding the uh, Christopher Nolan Dark Knight trilogy. I would suggest it's yeah. probably the best of the of the new wave, shall we say? Yeah. But it is only what the third one. Uh, third
0: or fourth?
1: Yeah. Um. But, and, and, and by the way, I, I would still put it above some Marvel films as well. I think there's a few Marvel films that don't, that don't, you know, I know we're near that good.
0: And I think that's really important. I think that the fact that we have a female director making the second highest grossing film yeah. with a female lead Yeah. is an important step. Mm-hmm. Because... People aren't making, uh, women aren't making these type of films. Mm. Ava DuVernay was going to make one of the Marvel films, I believe. And then um, there were creative differences and she left. Mm. And I think that, you know, we're talking about a huge budget here. The budgets are absolutely crazy. I was watching a film the other day and I think it was... I can't even remember what it was now, but it was forty years old, and it cost three million to make, and it made twelve million, and that is quadrupling mm. its budget. And now you're looking at films that cost upwards of two hundred million dollars to be made. It's become kind of
1: the norm now for superhero films, yeah. but then they're expected to make back at least half a billion, and if they're yeah. very good, a billion, a billion,
0: yeah. Um, and that's the crazy world we live in. That there are people. There are journalists and people in the industry who will say, "I don't want to give a woman that much money to work with," and I think that's another argument about well, the gross overspending on superheroes. Well, I, I mean, I,
1: I think women are just as—let I mean, frankly, you know, there's been enough bombs made with two hundred by men, the two hundred million pound yes. budget to, to suggest that they're not faultless in this regard.
0: You're right, but it's still. I think this is a this is a huge change whatever anyone thinks about the film and I think Wonder Woman was a quite entertaining film and for me a lot better than a lot of other films including a lot of Marvel but certainly not all Marvel um whatever anyone thinks about the film I think that it's such a benchmark mm. that it's I'm glad it's up there because it needed to be stated, it needed yeah. to be proved that a woman could make a film that would yeah. make that much money.
1: Yeah, I think you, yeah, it's a fair point, Matt. And there's no reason why a new X Men franchise or a new Avengers film couldn't be directed by a woman and make just as much money. It's, 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 it's as I said, I, I don't, you can give you can give any old, was it Waterworld 250 million? And that to Kevin was years Costner, ago. And that was a complete mess, yeah. Um, so you know. No issues there. Yeah.
0: Bombs can be made, mm. but I suppose we won't have a female um, box office bomb until there are enough female directors making them. Yeah. So what, so, <laughs> I don't, I can't believe I'm saying this, but, you know, let's hope for the female box office bomb, because, well, no, let's not, well, because no, if you the need next to, film's a bomb. No, you need to,
1: you've you got, the you next to,
0: film's a bomb. Yeah, you
1: are back where you started. Yeah. So you do need to maintain, at least for a little bit, some sort of, but then, but then ultimately, who's the director of this, um, Wonder Woman? Thing? Patty Jenkins. Ultimately, if she makes another big budget film, uh, she's going to make
0: Wonder super, Woman 2.
1: Okay. And and other things, superhero or not, and they make money, then in theory it, it has nothing to do with her being a woman, it's just to do with her ability to direct, which is really what it should be.
0: Yes. I don't think she'll make a bomb either, because I think that she's established a universe now that it couldn't go too horribly wrong. Maybe I've just jinxed it, but... I think that...
1: I think Wonder Woman 2 will do well, it has to. Yeah,
0: but it will be about the script. It won't necessarily be about the direction. But yeah, going back to that bomb thing, I suppose the issue here is that if something was to go wrong, would Patty Jenkins get another chance? I think now she's made this film, I think yes. But I think until now... You see an awful lot of women directors, especially over the last 20 years, who have made one or two films. Mm. And then male directors, in the same category, get chances again and again, and then you look and you see that that bombed and that bombed and they lost 50 million for a studio. I've got
1: two two words for you. Mm. Joel Schumacher.
0: Yeah, there you go. He
1: He just killed the original DC Batman franchise with his Batman and Robin rubbish.
0: Yeah, and that's surely not the only bad thing he's made. Uh, yeah. He's made yeah. lots of good things as well. Well, lots of, like, entertaining
1: The Did movies. Phantom of the Opera. That was awful.
0: So, uh, gave us Gerard Butler, I think, as well. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Mm-hmm. So, moving on to our third film which is the last jedi. Yeah. Now this could be a whole conversation about the last jedi and I don't think it should be. Um I think it's very important to look at this in terms of Rey.
1: Yeah. He... She
0: is very very important in this film, but she is certainly not the only star. No. Um, you also have Carrie Fisher as um, Leia Organa as yeah, well. Yeah,
1: I, I, this, and I suppose Force Awakens* feel feel to me like uh, Ray and uh, what's the guy's name? Kylo
0: um, Ren. No,
1: the other, ah. um, the other guy.
0: Uh, oh, um, uh, Finn.
1: Finn. Yeah, it feels to me like ultimately sort of Ray and Finn's kind of story. Uh, now they they're diverging and they're on completely different axes. You know, well, certainly in this film, in the in the Last Jedi, they were. So I think her position is really one of one of what well, half of the main cast, half of the primary two. I I would call it. And of course there are other. You, you do have you still got your Kylo Ren and you've still got Luke Skywalker and um, Princess Leia kicking around. Yeah. But they always feel to me like slightly subverted characters. I just might
0: stop you there. Yeah. General Leia. General Leia. She's not a princess. She's a general.
1: She's still a princess. She's a general princess.
0: Well, I think that as a woman, it's an important distinction. She be prince if It's an important distinction that she's considered general or gardener.
1: Mm. Yes, okay. Fair You just still want
0: to call her a princess? Get
1: show
0: hey, I'm, I'm, I'm old that?
1: school. I'm still thinking of her in that white dress in Star Wars. But... Are you
0: calling Luke Prince Luke?
1: He's not a prince, though, is he?
0: So how is she a princess and he's not a prince?
1: Well, she was because br- he's got uh, the force. No, she was raised by the royal family of Alderan. See, so was he wasn't
0: uh, getting uh, into law? Yeah, you, you, don't you don't want to go. You
1: don't want to go here. We're off subject.
0: But shall we from now on call her General, General Organa. Organa? General Organa. That's her name. And we haven't even got to Holdo yet. Who everyone thought was going to be a man and was a woman, paid brilliantly by Laura Dern. Um, <laughs> okay, so. <laughs> Ray is the one of the chief protagonists. yes, yeah. and she is an attractive young girl. However, she is also dressed like a fighter, is an exceptional fighter. yeah, has a plot arc which is nothing to do with love and sex until you you get into some very difficult scenes between her and kylo ren that i did not enjoy at all in the last jedi Mm. where she says put your top back on and things like that which (laughs) just completely ruined the mood um but that's my problem with ryan johnson right there um but she is she is of all the characters i think even above wonder woman She's an amazing role model.
1: Yeah, I, I, I think she's stronger than wonder I mean, as a character, I think she's stronger. She's, I think she's better written than, but with a better, with a better, better backstory. Um, I mean, she's, she's effectively the the whatever Luke Skywalker was in the first in the in the original trilogy of films. I think that's now her in in this trilogy of films.
0: Which is why everybody thought that perhaps she's his daughter. Mm. And again, off topic. A lot of people, including Ryan Johnson, say this has been established, that he is not her father and that her fathers are just some Mm. dead people buried on Jakku somewhere. Um, I'm still holding out for her family to be discovered in the third movie, which is going back to J.J. Abrams.
1: So she spends much of this film hanging out on an island in the Atlantic Ocean with uh, Luke Skywalker.
0: And the Porgs.
1: And the Porgs.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, they were, they were great characters, um, very strong, I thought.
0: I think there was an interesting interplay between... So this
1: is the, this is the equivalent of the Luke on Dagobah with Yoda, isn't it? This, yeah. This is the same scene, in effect.
0: There is homage to, to the Yoda scenes, and of course, Yoda appears, um, which is quite meta in itself. Um, but it's about her wanting to have knowledge as to who she is and who her parents are and yeah. whether she has the force and what her skills are and to be taught. Um as much as it is about any other issues.
1: Yeah,
0: it's, it's I think that I think that whole section is really important to young girls and seeing a woman training with a man. There's no sexual tension. There's no father-daughter relationship. Although you know, it might be yeah. suggested that she has a purpose and she goes for it, and she wants to learn to protect herself yeah. and, and to fight for a cause.
1: Yeah, and then is somewhat tempted by Kylo Ren, but not really.
0: Um, I think that Johnson does a really good thing in establishing the will-they-won't-they about her going to the dark side.
1: Do you think there was sexual tension between those two, (coughs) or or unintended or or otherwise?
0: Well, I think that bit with the shirt, absolutely. That was supposed to make you think that there was. It was stacked stacked Adam Driver, wasn't it? Yes. Uh, Well, here's next marine Um... I, I found that very disconcerting mm. because we still hadn't established at that point in the film that they weren't related. Yeah. And I was like, oh, here we go, Game of Thrones again and the original <laughs> series. And obviously, again, that was an homage. <laughs> like, we don't really want to go into Star Wars and how sick-making that is when the viewer knows more than the characters know about the... D- and they're twins, Luke and Leia, you know? <laughs> it's like, not just brother and sister, like, yeah. they were born together. As kiss. we saw come on i know but still it's the feelings isn't it it's me. the whole thing makes me feel she, very ha- Harm was actually.
1: the only go- Harm han was the only guy for her
0: yeah absolutely and he is for most women mm. um I think that I was a bit sad about that, and I can understand why that was put in the movie because it's trying to harken back to the to the older plot, and also to establish maybe that they aren't related. Yeah, and to
1: create confusion with the yeah. audience a little bit there.
0: But I do think it took me out. As I would have preferred if that wasn't there, it would have been a brilliant example of good versus evil and how mm. it, the lines are blurred. I yeah. think that Johnson did a really good um, thing in terms of the grayness. The grey area. She doesn't know exactly where she comes from, what her purpose is. She still feels like she can get him to come to her side. There's definitely a connection that they have that no two other characters have. Like they're two sides of the same coin. Do you
1: think she was? Do you think she was a better, stronger character in The Last Jedi or The Force Awakens?
0: I think she was a better. I think she was a stronger cat. Oh, I don't know. I was going to say in the Last Jedi, but there's a really good part of the Force Awakens at the beginning when she's first introduced, where she's doing all of that. Does she? Which she's gathering she's like BB trash. 8, yeah. yeah, and she goes, and and she's very, and she hangs down that hole, and she picks up all that stuff, and it's very much establishing her life as an independent woman. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, getting trying to get her. Credits. As opposed as opposed to
1: Finn, who's busy getting himself in trouble, and I'm sure she has to yeah. rescue him at some point, but.
0: Um, and um, so no, I think she's great. In, I think she's great in both of them. I think she's a fantastic character, and any film that has her in it is a blessing for anyone to yeah, watch. Yeah,
1: I do think she's a good character, yeah. I do think she's um, one of the strong ones, and I, I like her. Uh, I think as well, her, her character development between The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi, she's one of the few characters that to me actually advanced and made sense. Some of the other characters, I wasn't sure where we were going. I don't
0: think Finn did, but I do think Kylo Ren did as well. I think their relationship is really important. And I think that it it gets more interesting for me to watch when it's not about their different genders and the possible heterosexual love between them. It's much better when it's about the forces of good and evil and what you're willing to do and how you want to help someone that you care for even though they have completely different views. I think that's a very pertinent statement to make in this world today.
1: What do you see?
0: Like darkness.
1: And something else. It's calling me.
0: The thing with The Last Jedi is eventually, I think that we want to see on film, women and men interacting in all different ways so that gender doesn't become an issue. Mm. But I do think that, yes, it did pass the Beckdale test, but um, maybe more importantly than that, there were lots of women on screen in different parts of the plot.
1: Well, there, there we go, because one of the other strong characters, as you mentioned before, <coughs> is uh, Laura Dern, the all-knowing commander of uh, that rebel <laughs> ship who... Um, Manages to uh, subvert a a mutiny attempt by Poe Dantamon, but there we are.
0: She's a very, Holdo is a really interesting character because you don't know where she's going. And I think that's also important because when women are portrayed on screen in action and sci-fi, they are often portrayed as the good guys. Yes, you know, if you're a woman, you're normally the one standing up and say, "Oh, but don't do
1: that." Yeah, it, it was it was oddly suggested that she was. That's because I think off the back of um, the Force Awakens, we were led to believe that Poe Dameron was, po. was was, yes. was always going to be right, and uh, an interesting sort of choice, that isn't it? That he, actually he's wrong, and that uh, Laura Dern knows exactly what she's doing. Um,
0: I don't think he got raked over the coals enough, to be honest. Uh, considering and he... for him and Finn. Made kind of I know, big know He was a mutinous
1: sea dog, really, wasn't he, when you think about it?
0: Yeah. And I think that in the end, yeah, he was like, you know, whip crack away from Leia. Uh, we knew what we were doing. you have mm. got to trust us. We're in charge. Um, but that's a classic thing about, you know, he's the crafty, lower down the order. He thinks he knows best. But it was quite funny the way he's that Han, was he's supported. the Han, He's the
1: Han Solo. He's the new Han Solo, sort of.
0: He is. But I think the Han Solo... Um, Uh, was right more often.
1: Or at least in his eyes he was. Maybe,
0: but even then I just think that in that film I feel like Poe Dameron's um, reputation was completely destroyed from the hero of The Force Awakens. But as these things often are in a trilogy, that's the downward spiral that him and Finn were going for. Interesting
1: point about that, they they obviously set him up as this... um, you know, um, all-singing, all-dancing, X-Wing pilot, bit of a maverick. Um, and then he spent much of that second film just arguing with Laura Dern about uh, command on the uh, rebel ship.
0: And also trying to, you know, um, stage a coup. Yeah. So, um, an unsuccessful coup. So, I think that The Last Jedi is... A, is a film that portrays the dynamics between leaders and followers mm. and doesn't care about the gender yeah. of each. In fact, most of yeah. the time, it's actually females who are the leaders, Yeah, but <clears throat> it still displays characteristics of men not listening to women yeah. but, but but i don't know if that's me being unfair because that, <coughs> could, also, that could just be underlings mm. not listening well ultimately it is to leaders ultimately
1: well, it's laura, laura Dern and carrie fisher who are the the ones who are right and she of course makes the ultimate sacrifice laura Dern, but yeah. um yeah uh, the, the the other the only other the other female character which i i very, and she's not a main character, or at least I thought she was going to be a main character, but really turned out not to be. Uh, was Captain Phasma, Phasma. who I, I can't say without saying Phantasm because I just that awful 80s Phasma. you know, that, that 80s movie, the, the cult 80s movie, Phantasm. I just keep calling her cap, you know, Captain Phantasm, but um, yeah, is
0: better because it sounds like a woman's name,
1: yeah, it's a bit odd, um, but. Yeah, so they set her up as a very interesting kind of sub-character going on, and and you suspected was going to play a really important role. Was largely absent in The Last Jedi until she sort of turned up and then was very rapidly killed off. Um,
0: I've seen some other criticism about saying how she wasn't served very well, and I think factually, Mm. yes, she wasn't. She didn't have as much screen time. But I actually think that... Gwendolyn Christie is such a commanding presence that when she's on screen I enjoy it nonetheless. I was gutted that she got killed and I think that That is an amazing thing to say because she is a baddie. She is horrific in both films. She is particularly awful to Finn. There's all sorts of kind of white repression things, even when you're talking about um, a woman in a black outfit and a man as a white stormtrooper. But I think that actually some critics have said they didn't like what she did in the film. But I actually thought she was masterful. She just... Had a very small arc, and I don't think they should have played it out like that because she was such a lovely well, character. Well,
1: well, I, I, I mean, I mean, they had set her up very well in The Force Awakens, and, and really, the, the the final conflict with her and um, and Finn is, is sort of a bit. I mean, to Our me, fast, well, they had, that they there wasn't enough of a build up to it. They hadn't really thought about it. She was absent from the film until she suddenly turns up and then and then dies in a conflict with Finn. Uh, whereas, I mean, she. I, I think she is, in some respects, the antithesis of Finn. Finn, obviously, Finn being a former stormtrooper. So I'm just a bit surprised that they killed her off quite as quickly as they did, and didn't carry it off into the, carry it on to the third film. Even if she, even if she was a little bit absent from this film, it seemed to me like a mistake.
0: I think there are there are good things and bad things. I think the bad thing I agree is that she was a character that that's an important trope that we don't see enough of, which is like a powerful female in authority and an evil one at that. And evil yeah in fact evil is important um um in that sense but i also think that like there, there are two different things here there are how she was served by the plot and the director and there was the role itself mm. and the role itself is great phasma i'm glad she was on on screen i think that every time she was she was doing a great service yeah to the female cause because nobody doubted her maybe it's because she's a six foot two woman so there's a physical presence there but I haven't heard a single person say a woman can't be in that role well it's
1: also also it, it's there's something evil about um, man or woman, um, a voice behind a mask. Um, I think yeah. like that's Darth Vader and Boba Fett and just stormtroopers in general. Um, but you,
0: the, yeah, but you just mentioned basically all male characters. Well, we don't know. We yeah. don't know the gender of stormtroopers, but yeah. the assumptions that they're men I reckon
1: stormtrooping is a, fairly, is a fairly sort of gender, gender neutral...
0: Uh, I don't, well, I don't know. Well, you're a little short <laughs> for a stormtrooper. I suppose you could argue that women could be. But, I don't know. Um, um,
1: but, th- but there is something menacing about that as a concept anyway. Um
0: but, but it's definitely good to show that it was definitely a woman behind yeah, the mask. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And, and, and it works. It, work, it works quite well. I, I was just quite disappointed in the way that they uh, resolved that rather abruptly, not to my satisfaction.
0: So good to have you back. So we have Phasma, uh, action-oriented character, didn't have a big enough arc. Uh, did not die in a blaze of glory, died with that horrible thing that got her. Um, but, you know, action, evil character. You have Holdo, uh general... Um, probably one of my absolute favourite scenes in The Last Jedi is when everyone's expecting a man and Organa has set it up so that Holdo will take over from her if anything happens. And it's a yeah. it's a scene that I very rarely see, which is a woman in power. Giving the power to another woman, so I thought that was absolutely brilliant. Holdo's role, great. Ray, heart of the film, probably one of the most lovely moral characters and yet not boring. Mm. She still gets angry, she still wants to know things. Probably She's not the strongest a princess. female
1: character, I would say.
0: Um, what do you mean by strong as in,
1: as in the best, the, 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 the most well developed, and uh, I, I just think the most watchable of all. Yeah. them.
0: And I think that's really important. And then you also have people like Rose. We haven't mentioned Rose. Oh, yes. So we have a whole different arc where we have now, um, she has her sister and that's her sister dies at the beginning. She's an engineer. It's it's the, the sci-fi universe has long been known as being better in terms of representing women in, in work roles. It always gives them really important roles, whether they're a general or whether well i think i think
1: think that there being a sort of built-in presumption on the part of filmmakers that however one-sided society might be right now or in theory it gets better and then in the future everyone will be equal that's the that's the principle of it isn't it
0: but no one ever says why are you an engineer it's not just about giving the women the roles it's creating a world where it's not unusual for yeah. a woman to have the, the only time it ever comes up is when Poe is vaguely surprised that Holdo is a woman. But even that doesn't come up in a, um, a sexist way. It's a, I just assumed from the name that you might be a man, which I didn't really have a problem Holder. with. Holdo.
1: Well, why would that be? But why? I
0: don't know. I'm just saying that's how Poe reacts. I think it, I think it's a genderless name. Mm. I think maybe that's the point. Maybe maybe that's saying something about. It's
1: not like it was chauvinism. general penis, or general.
0: No, but I think if anything, it's worse because when you have a genderless name, I think it's funny when you have a character who assumes it's going to be their gender. Yeah. Okay. If it was yeah. a woman who might have said it, that might have said something even different. Like the, um, that we, and I think that's <laughs> the problem with society: is that yeah. if there's a neutral, gender-neutral character we may all presume that mm. it might be a man particularly as a general but i like that that was mentioned in the film but it wasn't it didn't look great yeah. to me at all but rose is she is the probably the most emotional female character
1: i liked rose i like him i say we bring him along but what do you think though
0: i don't trust him
1: i trust we don't have to trust him we just have to believe he'll do what he says he'll do and
0: Okay, yeah, that's literally the definition of the word trust.
1: But why would he lie to us? Very strong next... character, I thought, Rose. Um, they 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 set her up as some annoyance, just you know, inc- some sort of weird comic relief to annoy Finn, a bit like Jar Jar Binks. But uh, redeemed her quite well as the story went on. I thought, um, yeah, I agree. I think she would be like a very good addition to the the third film.
0: She also had an arc, like you were saying, mm. redeemed her. I think that it's interesting that in just one film, in a film that isn't serving Phasma well enough, um, Johnson really served Rose well because you mm. found out a lot about her and she became highly loved by by the end of it. Yeah. I think it's also um, testament to the actress as well, who's just so lovely to look at and played it in such a beautiful way, like such an honest way. Um, and I felt all the speeches came from the heart as well and finn was known as that character who developed this emotion in the force awakens because obviously he had to break away from being stormtrooper but if anything rose shows him up and i suppose she's a more human or wherever she comes from character. Yeah, yeah, yeah she displays those emotions i don't know how i felt about her kissing him it was <laughs> it, it, it wasn't a bad thing um, and she did you know she there were seeds laid at the beginning,
1: there were, but they were kind of okay, so Finn rightly or wrongly oozes this kind of not if you were the last woman in the galaxy kind of mm. vision of it, doesn't he, mm. and the fact that he and then it's seen as some kind of i don't know redemption of of her personality that he would deem to kiss her, and I'm not sure whether or not I really feel that's a good message to be sending but
0: no, and also, there was a will-they-won't-they they thing about Finn and Rey, which goes through The Force Awakens into The Last Jedi in terms of their love. And you get the feeling more in this film that it's a brother-sister mm. thing, but they care very deeply for each other. And it might well develop into something, but it certainly hasn't yet. I think they just they treat each other like family. Mm. But when you have him treating Rey like that, and then you have him treating Rose so differently... That doesn't seem to fit very well with Finn's character. Because now that's well, suggesting, suggesting that, that he's,
1: he, he's judging on looks, is that what we're saying?
0: No, no, no. Well maybe, but I was thinking more that he cares more for Ray in a sexual love way. Whereas I if he ha- do you know what I mean? If you don't reject a girl, if you're rege- if you're rejecting a girl, so obviously but never in a million years, and he's not rejecting Ray that way, and does that not suggest that.
1: Difficult, to, difficult to tell, because we have to remember that we've got the entire weight of The Force Awakens behind um, Finn and Ray's relationship. Therefore, he fundamentally might just be missing her. Um, whereas Rose was the character that he had to sort of interact with for the duration of The Last Jedi. I mean, I, th- I suppose the comparison would be is how how's he feel about her in the third film, and then we'll see.
0: Yeah, I think it will probably be... Something will change and he will care for her again because that's the classic man rejects the woman, then sees the error of his ways. I'm not necessarily saying they'll they'll get together um, because that was a pretty harsh rejection, <laughs> but I do think that um, yeah, I think it, it's it, it's quite weird actually. It's it's almost as if Johnson was like, "Oh, Abrams, you've built up these heroes, and now I'm going to tear them yeah, down." Yeah, except th- for Ray.
1: I, I just I I, I still. This, I'm still not sure how I feel about that. It just is a general point about killing off certain characters and or or turning them around. I mean, Finn and Rey, barely even, I mean, that they interact right at the very end, and yeah. that is it. And I just think, mm, you know, it's an interesting point about that. Mind you... Well,
0: that's normally in the second film. They've got to go off and have their okay. separate stories. I'm fine with well, that. Well, mind you,
1: you might argue that um, Luke and Han barely speak in The Empire Strikes Back, I suppose. Exactly. Um, but yeah, it, it, I... I the, the whole different plot direction, in you know, regardless of what we think of what female characters here, the whole the whole different way it was taken is not something I'm I'm still digesting that. I feel like I want to watch it again and, and then form another opinion on it.
0: But I think that the good thing that comes out of that is that all of your potential issues with the film have nothing to do with the proliferation of female
1: characters. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. I I, I actually think the Star Wars universe. Has generally been quite good at this over the years. Now, I'm not saying that the original Star Wars, it is ultimately a sort of you know, space western with male characters. You know, it's Luke and Han, and so and so on and so forth. But they have they haven't been bad at um, strong female characters as well.
0: No. Even in um, The Last Jedi, you have a lot of supporting characters, which I think is interesting as well, that are female. So you have Billy Lord in there, you have Michaela Cole in there, you have Lupita Nyong'o, even though her role was awful, um, was much better (laughs) in The Force Awakens. Um, I think you just have the... I think having those characters dotted around on the outskirts is also important, and that's something that comes up in sci-fi and fantasy that won't in other genres.
1: I think I am up in sci-fi I don't know about fantasy, I think fantasy is still basically based on medieval folklore, um, uh, but for, for sci-fi just is, a, is able to do this because it, it can project a different social structure into the future and a, more, and a more even one it does the same with race as well I think
0: Yeah, well that's something that it needed to work on more mm. anyway, you had what, Lando Carissian and that was kind of it in um, four, five, six. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Who knows what? But we do we know what Boba Fett's race?
1: Well, if well, yeah, he was. Uh, I always kind it, of assumed he was, a, he was black. Technically, he was a Kiwi, wasn't he? Because he was, well, uh... yes,
0: played by a Kiwi. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. I just always assumed. I think it's because he was cool, and I don't know if that's some kind of racism there. But he was such a cool character. I always thought. I hope he's a person of colour, not another boring white person. Well, I think I think I
1: think the Star Wars universe, if there is a, a racial element to it, is actually more about humans versus non-humans than it is about anything else.
0: Yeah, sort of. But then you have characters who look like humans who aren't humans. It gets complicated when you have people who blatantly, you know, look like Jabba the Hutt. You can establish that they're a non human character, but I think as a human being watching those films, all the people who aren't in some kind of weird stage makeup you Mm. just assume are humans. Like Holdo, for example, she's got a weird dress on, she's got purple hair, but you don't think she's anything Well, I don't know. I I, I don't
1: know. I mean I I I don't know enough about the Star Wars universe, but I imagine that, that, you know, there are humans probably living on various planets and then there are non humans Dotted around from various planets.
0: So human is just, uh, just like a race type.
1: Well, I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I, 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 yes, I, I suspect. Um, I, I think we're over, over overstating that. In any, in any event.
0: Yeah, but I, but I think it's important to note that the Last Jedi does try to do its best not only to introduce more women, but also to introduce women of different colour, men of different colour. Yeah, You yeah. know, you know with, with, with characters, you know like rose and like finn Mm. um that's got to be a good thing because it's all fine and well saying does this pass the bechdel test but um if it's two white women talking about issues then you've only established a a criteria for white feminism you haven't looked at the intersectionality of uh race and you know particularly the fact that like black women aren't represented as much on screen um, or nor Asian women outside of Asian cinema so um, that's where I'm really happy that The Last Jedi appears in this list mm. because with these three films I think we're getting one step closer to normalising increased roles for women strong roles protagonist roles um, in um, big box office
1: hits. yes it would appear to be the case
0: as ever to Nick and well done for making it to the end of the podcast the answer to the riddle is the fate of the furious thank god for Charlie's Theron because that ain't no Bechdel test passing film please subscribe so you'll be ready for the next episode of beyond Bechdel when it comes out and until then let's have John Williams play a sound